Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Treyas. And let's talk sports. Amateur Hour. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 18 of Amateur Hour. Today, I know that we always say that we are not professionals, but today that is about to change. We have a very, very special guest on our show with us today, a literal NFL player, Lofa Tatupu, three-time pro bowler, five years with the Seattle Seahawks, a borderline legendary career. Give him his roses. Give him his roses. (laughs) Thank you very much for being on the show with us today. Yo, fellas, thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're changing things up today, and we're going to start with the weekly highs. Per tradition, our guest is going to start off with something that happened great, whether that's in the world of sports or their personal life. So Lofa, let's start with the positive vibes. Oh, I'm all about the good vibes. Uh, So weekly high, I just got to watch my sister do a time trial. She's competitive racing for a dragon boat. So she uh, flew up from San Diego to come visit me and I took her to her time trial this morning. She did pretty well. And she's got another one next week. So uh, it's just great to spend time with family, you know, with uh, COVID and, and what, you know, was 2020. I hadn't seen my sister in about a year and a half. So uh, wow. it's, yeah, to, you know, t- finally get some normalcy. But then on top of it, see one of your your family members, you know, competing and, you know, trying to best better themselves every time they, they get out there in their, in their respective sport is amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. So did she beat her previous time? Um, she didn't, but funny story. Well, I don't know how funny it is if you ask her, but, uh, <laughs> on top of like a, a motorboat doing circles, like just doing donuts out there. Um, yeah. and then on, on her second attempt, a, I mean, this is the definition of irony. She's a dragon boat racer and a dragon boat almost hit her when she, when she was going on her second trial and she, you know, she did 318. I think her goal was 310. But she had to avoid, you know, getting hit by, oh, you know, another another oh, dragon oh, boat. Oh, so what, that could have been a PB. I, yeah, I'm telling you, it looked like it was gonna be. So, but uh, proud of her, you know. And the, you know what I was most proud of is that because I was watching her, and I wanted to see what she was gonna do, and she didn't even slow down, budge. And she was like, you know what? Because I talked to her after, she goes, you know, I said if I'm gonna hit them, I'm gonna hit them full speed. I'm not gonna. <laughs> You know, like whatever happens, happens. And that that's just yep. true, you know, you know, to Tupu mindset. I'll, I guess I'll say that much. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the go right through. Oh, all in. Let's go. Well, so that's one of the things as an athlete is that, yeah, there's times where you're going for personal best and you may not hit it. But just getting out there and putting the work in, you, you've already in some ways won. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. Just by being, yeah. So just by showing up. Right. That, that's life. You got to show up. Exactly. Exactly. So Lofa, you grew up in New England. Yep. Your father, Mosi Tatupu, a New England Patriots player. Near and dear to me and Trace, his heart is the New England Patriots. Oh, ride or die Patriots fan. <laughs> ride or die. We, we get so much flack for it, but ride or die. Yep. With Tom Brady gone, things are, uh, uh, you know, looking a little sad. Uh, <laughs> this year might be okay. Getting a little nervous with Cam Newton still at the helm, but you know, you, you hope for the best. Yeah. But I want to ask you, what was it like growing up in New England? You know, what, what was your experience? Oh man, I loved it. I loved growing up there. Uh, small town, Plainville, Massachusetts. Shout out to Plainville, the Tri-Town area, Plainville, Rentham, and Norfolk. That's uh, you know, that's where I always rep it. My wife's from Norfolk, yep. so um, and even even my quarterback. In, in the NFL was from the Tri-Town. Uh, maybe you heard of him, Matthew Hasselbeck? Yes, sir. A, a yeah. little bit. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, you know, we're, we're very, you know, proud of, you know, coming from there and uh, always, always repping the 508. And, uh, and yeah, man, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything about it. It was, uh, you know, one of, I want to say three Samoans, me, my dad, and my sister in the Northeast. Within the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, so it was a little different, but, um, but it was fun, man. I still keep in touch with all, all my friends that I grew up with and, um, you know, it's family and I, I miss the East coast, man. It's, uh, 
I miss just the, the straightforwardness of the East Coast. Some people say that we're a little bit less friendly than some of the southern states, but like you said, people no. are straightforward. They're going to no, tell we're you not, like it is. We're not less friendly. We're just honest, and a lot of people can't deal with the fucking <laughs> truth. That's the <laughs> that's, that's what it is. That is facts. That and is it's, facts. Buddy, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. Your mixtape was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the accent coming. Hey, kid, guy, guy, nah. <laughs> guy, listen. Oh, yeah. When you get the Southie accent going. Like, it's business. Yeah, yeah. but it's just oh, business. Man. But yeah, but it's the truth. Like you said, you know, we're not rude. We're just honest. And if you can't handle the truth, that's not, that's not our fucking problem. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes, absolutely. So Lofa, I want to ask you, so growing up in New England with your father being an NFL player, what was your father's influence on you both as a person and as an athlete? I would say, I mean, you know, very powerful, very impactful, both, you know, yeah. um, but my dad didn't want me to play football, funny enough. Mm. Really? And I think, yeah, because, you know, football's hard. It is it is yeah. demanding, you know, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally, as I would come to find out on my own. But, um, you know, I think with all the injuries, especially, and, you know, I had a lot more than he did. I think mm -hmm. he only had like maybe one or two surgeries. I had about 10. And, um, and then, you, you know, pile on all the concussions. And, and, you know, I don't think my dad ever had a, a real, you know, diagnosed concussion, one where he was out on his feet and I've had several of those. And so like, I knew what he yeah. was trying to protect me from, but you know, it's, huh. it's the life. Like I said, I didn't choose this, this life chose me. And I felt, I really felt like that since I was a kid, because even though I was better at baseball, I was better at basketball growing up, but I just loved football. And right. so you know, um, it was awesome having him there to, you know, kind of just tell me because he played offense and I, you know, I was the linebacker. So um, it was he would always give me tips on like what the running backs trying to do in terms of, you know, leverage, you know, on, on a route and, and all these different things. Mm. So I could see the game through a different lens, through through his perspective on offense, because um, right. I did play some some offense in high school, but ultimately I found a home in, on defense. It was just much more natural for me uh, chasing the ball. <laughs> and as a person, like you said, off the field, I'm still trying to, you know, live up to or, or you know, get out of his shadow there. And I mean, that's something I'm proud to say, because I always heard my dad played 14 years in the NFL, went to a pro bowl and everybody told me how good of a football player he was. But what they always followed up was he was an even better person off the field. And mm. yeah. so, yeah, I was, you know, truly honored to hear those words. And, uh, and like I said, I'm still hearing stories about how he's helped change people's lives. Um, mm. And because uh, he's, you know, he's been gone 11 years now. And it's crazy to think he's, he's gone that long. But um, but yeah, man, like just uh, I'm proud to be his son. And, you know, I I really give a lot of credit, both my parents, my, my dad and my mom, because my mom was the one that really pushed me, you know, with with football. She's like, if this is what you want, this is what your dad did. Cause my dad, he wouldn't, he wouldn't take me to the field to do, you know, drills and stuff because he would take me to the baseball field. He's like, Hey, we're going to hit some grounders today. We're going to go. <laughs> right. <laughs> he, he was trying to steer me to the other, to the diamond as opposed to the football field. But, right. um, but you know, once he finally realized, okay, this is what the kids want to do. He was all in and he coached me in high school. And it was, uh, yeah. oh, it was amazing, man. It was, uh, you know, just memories that will last me my my lifetime. Well, so I got I got a follow up for you, Lofa. Um, how much how much time as a kid did you spend around your dad? Kind of like as a patriot, like in the in the facilities, were you able to kind of uh, be around him during his when he was playing? Like watch a lot of games, you know, oh, go to yeah. the games and stuff. Yeah, I um I remember going to games and I remember, you know, being on the field. I remember going to the the weight room and mm. you know during the off season. And um I, yeah, I think that's you know where the the love for the game really, you know, came to play or came to be for me cuz I mean, I remember I was telling people I was going to play in the NFL when I was 6, 7 years old. And you know, wow. <laughs> wow. And they're like, "Yeah, all right, kid." But uh you know, that's it's just like I said, it felt like I was born to do this. And um you know, a lot of it had to do with, you know, having my dad pave the way. And, you know, when you see, right. you know, when you see someone, you know, or, or someone that looks like you, as they say, do something, you start to get that vision yourself and, and picture what oh, it could yeah. be like. Right. You know? So, right. so yeah, I just couldn't picture myself doing anything else, but, 
But I mean, it's funny you talk about the Patriots because, you know, when I grew up, the Pats were not oh, good. Oh, they, they, they were, they were I, awful. They had like those '90s Pats. Yeah, oh. like one winning season. <laughs> I went, you know, when they went to the Super Bowl. But like other oh. than that, I think they might have like touched 500 one other time in that decade. Oh my god! So I mean, I mean, your dad did play in the Super Bowl, so yeah, yeah, you didn't get to do that. But um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's well, it's very different from the Pats that everybody knows today. So when you say. I laugh because what what did they go? Did they go five hundred this year or seven and nine something like they that? They went seven and nine this year. Yeah. yeah. Oh and, boy. And like you know, that's just like oh my god, not seven and nine. You know, oh, I, I freaked mean, out. You guys I had freaked you out. guys had two decades of winning. I know. <laughs> we're so spoiled. We're so spoiled. Yeah. We're so spoiled. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's just like we're so spoiled. So you know, I mean, back then it was like man, like one in fifteen, two and fourteen. Yeah. It was like shit yeah. like yeah so <laughs> how, how do you think we got blood so because we we're so bad see hey there you go that now that was that was my quarterback that was uh yeah. drew blood what a beast yeah <laughs> pocket passer pocket passer we love those pocket passes around here that's why when cam got here i was like what is he what is he doing well i was stoked he when cam sleep. got there but his shoulder just he, he his arm doesn't look healthy man and that's yeah because right cam a couple years ago i mean look he won the mvp in 15 I mean, right. yeah. you know, he could do whatever he want, throw, run. Um, it, it was incredible. But it before his shoulder, because I know he's he's had ankle and foot problems too. But yeah, right. I mean, if if Bill had Cam from just even two, three years ago, I mean, mm. it's Super Bowl. D- I mean, different story. Different yeah. story. I mean, because right. he still has a defense up there. Um, that's that's yeah. the one thing you know Bill's always going to have. You know, hang his hat on a defense. And um, right. I'm telling you, I wouldn't be surprised. And then we got Mac Jones this year. Yeah, you don't know. How, yeah, might, how do you feel about that? I mean, you you got they they need a quarterback, right? I mean, because yes, you look you look at what happened last year, and I I like Mac Jones. I'm going to go on record saying I believe in the kid because <laughs> okay. nice. Be, well, because look at what in this day and age when everybody is quick to hit the transfer portal and just oh, I'm not starting, then I'm out of here. And I mean, right. okay. There's a couple situations where it works out. A Burroughs or, you know, there's a couple. Jalen Hurts. Uh, fields. Yeah, Hurts. But, you know, but, okay. So, Hurts, I mean, I guess we could talk about him real quick, too, is Hurts lost a job in the most mm. brutal fashion ever. This is why I also believe in Hurts. Rough. He lost yeah. in the most brutal fashion. He didn't transfer. He said, I want to come back. He had a conversation with Saban and said, I want to come back and I want to compete for my job. And so, right. mm. that's. Yeah. And what he did, he stuck around that one more year. He got them out of trouble in the in the SEC championship. Remember, oh, yeah. what a game! Yep. Yeah, and and won it for them essentially. And, and now you're kind of going like, okay, well, if two is not 100, percent we should just start Hurts. Is what I thought they were going to go with, but you know they went back to Tua, and he just he just wasn't healthy. Fast forward, Hurts graduated. He went over to Oklahoma, balled out, and now he's got his opportunity in Philly, and I think he's going to be fine right. out there. Well, right. well then. So you got Mac Jones this whole three years sitting behind <laughs> this whole situation in front of him with Tua and Hurts, yeah. where where you know if you're the third guy, that's when you're kind of thinking, I could see that like okay, well like, I mean there and let's say both get hurt, I'm not going in. He didn't, right. but he didn't transfer. He stayed. Just same with Devontae Smith because who was it? Judy right. Waddle um, and uh, mm-hmm. there's Rugs and I think there's one more that were there too. Um, all first round. Ridley there? No, Ridley. I think Ridley. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Ridley's Georgia, and the other Ridley was older. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, this is a kid that's just like, oh man, he's really gonna wait until his like junior year to get his opportunity. Well, he did. Right. Was up for the Heisman. (laughs) The guy he threw to, the guy he threw to, won the Heisman. Won the Heisman. Yeah, and uh, won the national championship. I mean, it's just like, you know, what else? What else do you want to do? I mean, that's a competitor right there. And I mean, I think so. That's why I believe in him. I believe in Hurts too and Tua. I think they're they're all going to be just fine. But right. um, Bill and Saban have that that tight relationship. They worked together in the past, and you know, so yeah. um, I mean, yeah, Bill loves those Saban guys. Well, I think most of them worked <laughs> out, right? Like when they come up yeah. to you know to or come up to New England, it, it works out, right? Well, so you you brought up a funny point about people being tr- quick to transfer. How do you feel now that in some ways the NFL is starting to shift more towards superstar power in some ways? We've seen this in other sports mm-hmm. like the NBA, right? Where a star player has the authority now to say, I don't want to play here anymore for whatever the reason may be, and they leave. 
How do you feel about these changes starting to come into play in the NFL? You know, it's interesting and it's kind of a tough dynamic because, you know, especially like a star player in, in the NBA, one guy, one LeBron mm-hmm. James, one, you know, Zion, one one guy can change right. the entire landscape for, a, a, you know, uh, organization. In football, you really can't. I mean, even quarterbacks to a degree. Yeah. Right. Aaron Rodgers, Russ Wilson, they go somewhere. They can go to the last place team and they'll make them competitive. But what's well, kind of tough or what I'm seeing kind of it's this football is the ultimate team sport. This yes. isn't a sport where one guy can, I mean, yeah, it can push you over the playoff hump. It can push you from 500 up to a wild card. But right. you're not going to take a guy and go to an organization and just take him from dead last to first. Right. I mean, uh, it's just very rare. And I mean, even like Tom's situation, that that roster was loaded. I mean, yeah. oh, yeah. And yeah. Jameis yep. threw for 5,000, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions is what hurt that. <laughs> is, is that's what that's what ultimately hurt that team. And most and like right. seven or eight of those interceptions went for touchdowns. So yep. that's, you know, nearly impossible to um, to come back from. And so but that that defense um, and they added some pieces to it too. Um, they, they, you know, that's, that's a different situation. That's not really where a lot of, you know, Tom's getting credit like, Oh, they just put Tom in the team and you know, they won the Super Bowl. Now you're going right. to have, a, you're going to have a really good chance. His history states, you're going to have a really good chance of getting there. But um, I just, that was probably one of the best rosters. I think if you ask Tom that he's ever played with, you know, yes. probably the best team top to bottom. And um, so you know, the, the whole problem with these star players, at, you know, doing the, the NBA or or whatever you want to call it, treatment of like, oh, I, want, yes. I want out, I want to go here, is that, yo, if you're a leader, what's that saying to your team? Yeah. What yeah. kind of, you know, what kind of message, how do you go back to that locker room and say, hey, guys, let's do this? Because I know if right. I was, if that was like my leader, I'd look at him like, man, fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah. Now you're cool with us. Like you, you right. were just asking out. So in any other sport, maybe you, I'm not going to say get away with that. Maybe that it doesn't affect the dynamic of a team, but I don't see how that doesn't uh, affect the team. That, right. that's, so, the, that's the one thing I think of with the Rogers situation is that so much has come out. So in such a short amount of time about his distaste for the GM and mm-hmm. his distaste oh, wow. for Jordan love behind him and, yeah, that it it doesn't seem feasible, and he's apparently already told his teammates, like even before the last season started, that this is going to be his last season. And hmm. If that's all true, it just it doesn't seem feasible for the team to keep him because if he's just going to either sit out or you know pull this retirement shit, like why why wouldn't if you have the guy if you're trust if you trust Jordan Love, why wouldn't you? trade him trade the mvp at his highest peak value i just don't see sell high and yeah. get something yeah. out of that and, right. and max thinks otherwise max thinks that this is all uh, a ploy to you know try to get more pieces and and it could that could be true too but it just it doesn't seem that you know that oomph isn't there like he really wants to come back and he's just pulling the stunt yeah and i don't no, see it no i very much believe when aaron Rodgers says something i very much believe he he means it you know mm. I don't think it's uh, something that we need to read into or it's like, hey, you know, no, he wants out. Like, I I, right. I, I just believe him for his word. I've competed against Aaron, you know, in yeah. college, all through the NFL. And he's just it doesn't seem like he, he doesn't bullshit, man. He just he goes out there and kicks ass. <laughs> and I think that's how he handles business off the field, too. So it's right. um, when, when that came up, I was like, oh, man, that, there's something there. And. And, you know, I did a pod what, a week ago and someone raised a good point was, you know, when they lost to the Bucks in the divisional or whatever it was, you know, the NFC championship, NFC champion, could, could that one, that first round pick that was sitting on the bench, maybe have been used, you know, mm, to, right. to, to actually help the team right then. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, so who knows? And I mean, it's, it's just tough because you could continue to talk. That's when you need to continue to like talk yourself in circles with this because once upon a time when Brett and the team was not too far from a couple pieces, they drafted a young man out of Berkeley named Aaron right. Rodgers. 
and that didn't play for five years. Right. But then right. has gone on to become a three-time MVP, Super Bowl champion MVP. Like it's, it's so, I, I don't know what is the right move and uh, it, it'll be interesting to watch, but I, I even said on record, I, I didn't think, I don't think that he'll be the starting quarterback once the season starts for them. Uh, now wow. I agree. I agree. We'll, now we'll see. Right. But I just, I feel right. like, I don't know with the, the things that have come out and the, like the disrespect he feels in terms of what moves the, the front offices make is it's, you know, it, it wears on, on him, especially he's a leader, man. It's like, man, what, like, what else do I got to do? Yeah. Well, so this might be, I, I just want to like, I guess from, from a player perspective, Lofa, like you have this, and this is, I guess, something that me and Treas don't fully comprehend how important to your day-to-day and like as a football player but also to just the whole season how important is chemistry between both the offense and defense and then player to player the super bowl champion every year and even the contender the one that that loses those te- those are the tightest teams that you'll see every year that's how important it is i guarantee you with that it's 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 really just a matter of you know love and respect do you love and respect right. your teammates? I mean, because right. if you've been on a championship team at any level, I'm talking peewee up to high school, college, that is the tightest group in terms of it's a family. And right. I guarantee you the Bucks are that way right now. Um, past winners are even my team that, you know, five that, that lost to the Steelers. That was one of the tightest teams I ever played on, man. Just, really? oh man, it's, and that's what it's all about, man. We're going for that championship. You, you got to do it with people you trust, respect, and love, and you're right. fighting for and fighting with, you know, right. on that field. So, um, yeah, I don't think you'll never find. I mean, we could take it back to what was it, 2011? Philly had the dream team. It was like, right. it was like 20 Pro Bowlers on that on that <laughs> roster. Oh man, yeah. And yep. What'd they go? They went 500 they went, or something like that. Yeah, maybe yeah. a game or two under. And so that, oh, that's my just. Gosh. They built that up. I yeah. forgot about that. We've even seen it in basketball when, yeah. you know, uh, when the Lakers had Malone, Peyton, Kobe, like they, they, they had everybody. Right. Everybody. It just didn't, yeah. it didn't work. Is the thing that gets in the way, like people's ego and people's inability to maybe accept their own shortcomings and their, their uh, inability to like sacrifice some things for the team. I think, yeah. Yeah. Whether it's ego or, um, you know, personalities, you know, right. that, that come into, you know, play. Um, it's, or, you know, even just taking, taking for granted um, and like, just maybe not put in the work that, that they did the year previous or prior. Uh, so right. there's, there's a right. number of factors. I mean, coaching changes, the draft happens. So you even, that's why it's so hard to repeat. Like you look at, the teams that did, um, you know, the, the Patriots um, and even the Cowboys back in the, the 90s, the Niners, I think, uh, those teams, I mean, to do that with when you have the turnover of free agency, the draft, coaches every year, you know, whether you win or lose, there's going to be a couple of coach, coaching changes um, right. in, in terms of you might lose your offense coordinator, you might lose your defense coordinator. And now the chemistry is a little different. And uh, not to make excuses, but it's hard to win the league anyways. Yeah, um, right. But, I mean, I'm really looking at the Bucks right now as unless they just got fat and happy, they should be back in that <laughs> – you know what I'm saying? Unless they're yeah. just – unless that Super Bowl win and they were just partying their asses off still until, you know, July when they have to report, I'm looking at them to re- repeat, at least make it back to the, the championship game in the Super Bowl because – they got all of their starters back on both sides. Mm-hmm. They re-signed, and then they got a little stronger in the draft too. So it's – yeah. But even then, when you lose a couple role players, man, mm-hmm. like whether yep. it's a special teams or a third down specialist on offense or defense, and now the chemistry's changed in terms of communication on the field and also responsibility. Like, oh, well – I used to play with this guy and he would shoot the gap and I'd go over the top. But now the other guy mm. is more, you know, patient and he, right. will, you know, will just play according to, you know, the assignment. So it's, I mean, it's crazy, man, uh, to really uh, break it down on, on, on how huge 
chemistry is. But I mean, chemistry on any successful team, I'm talking in life and business, it is everything. Yeah. Yep. It is everything. That's a really good point that you bring up about how you, you have to have each other's backs and you have to be that family if you want to succeed. A million different things can get in the way mm-hmm. if people aren't willing to make sacrifices and changes and support each other. Well, that's like you said, sacrifices. Like yeah. that 05 team I was on, no one gave a shit who got the credit as long as we uh, won. No really? one. Oh, man. No. It was it was incredible. Like just I remember coming out of a game with like three or four tackles, but I was, you know fucking stoked like yo we just smashed our right yeah right and i mean the game plan just didn't call for me to make as many plays um you know that game and you just no one ever bitched about it they were just like yeah man if this is what's gonna take to win let's go like yep if i just gotta go downhill and smash the guard 60 times a game that's (laughs) what i gotta do this game that's i don't care so right I mean, to, to point out to that, we, we led the league in sacks that year. Mm. We, did, we didn't have one guy over double-digit sacks. We had a couple like, I think, Wistrom, Rocky Bernard, Fisher, Leroy Hill. They all had over seven or eight sacks. But we led the league. Usually, the team that leads the league in sacks has one or two guys up around like the 15-plus right. um, you know, mark. But we had, we had like 50, 54, 55 sacks, and, and there was like – everybody was getting it on it. Like, so that's, that's the ultimate sacrifice when a DN who normally just wants to rush and do a one-on-one, like when he's running down into the guard picking for you so you can come around free. I yeah. mean, so, and that's the kind of, like you said, that's the kind of, you know, respect and love we have for each other is like, yo, we, we got this, you know, let's run the stunt. Right. Yeah, it, it wasn't stat driven at all. It wasn't like, Oh, I'm playing nah. for my next paycheck. It was, I'm a, I'm gonna let everyone else eat because I know if everyone else eats, I can eat. But see, here's the thing: what a lot of guys don't understand is if you win, if you go deep in the playoffs, mm. they're gonna see you. They're gonna see that you were part of you know a championship run, a, you know a great team, right. and and you're gonna you know you're gonna get paid more, right. more so than a guy that got a lot of stats but was on a shit team, because really? there's gonna be questions around like, okay, well. Yeah, he's a great player, but is he a great teammate? Because wow, we're not. That's how how all these Belichick guys get huge contracts afterwards because absolutely they get played. They play the system, and they go to like like I think of like Trey Flowers. He was here. He didn't have. He was great here in the system, but he didn't have huge stats. And then he goes to Detroit and he gets like an eighty, ninety million dollar contract. Yeah, yeah. So So, I mean, I mean, there's there's several um, instances like that for for New England, and. Really, what that comes down to, though, is is Bill knowing value, and mm-hmm. and he's not going to overpay, and yes. yeah, and and the coach Bill often corrects any mistake that the GM Bill, because <laughs> because <laughs> you know he's got free reign over there, right. and, yep. and and you know he'll he'll bring a guy in, um, and if it doesn't work out, he's quick to say, Nah, I was wrong. This guy get you know, let's move him, right. And so, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing why he always wins is he's quick to say, no, this isn't working out. We're moving on. And it doesn't matter if they were first or second round pick. It does. He doesn't, he's not waiting. He knows, he knows after a year, usually it takes two years to kind of know, you know, what's going on. What do you have in the kid? Bill knows, Bill knows quick, man. Like he, there's been guys there on, on big deals that he's just sent packing like, Hey man, I'm sorry. It didn't work out. And yeah, for the most right. time, most part, they usually land somewhere else. But, you know, every now and then it's just like, you know, if you didn't work with, you know, at Bills, they're going to call Bill and be like, hey, what happened? You know, so. Mm. Right. Well, so let's just quickly transition. Let's talk about your Seahawks this year. How, okay. how do you feel? Just what is your like general after seeing the draft and just seeing their their offseason moves? How, how do you feel? I feel pretty good. Um, you know, one division last year. So we're really not that far off. And, um, I, I, with that second round pick, um, I thought they were going to maybe get another lineman or, you know, either one of those centers, right. That Ohio state or Oklahoma that that went just a couple of picks after, or, or I thought they were going to go with, uh, maybe a, a pass rusher or a D lineman because O and D line is really, I mean, they did address it. Um, they got a guard. Uh, they're going to move Damian Lewis over to uh, left guard, 
And then, um, so they did get who they got from Gabe, Gabe Jackson. Is that who it is? I think, yeah, they got they got a good uh, former pro uh, or from from uh, the Raiders. So oh, Gabe Jackson, yep, Gabe yeah, Jackson, yeah. So yep, yep. so that was good, and I think that you know it helps Russ because you know we did we did have a little little drama there going on in the off season. Yeah, but um, you know, on yeah. defense, I just I feel like everywhere else at skill positions we were set, and so. You know, and I, I don't ever second guess John, you know, Schneider, because I think he is one of the best drafters uh, I've ever seen. And going back to like the first class he brought in my last year, you know, he, he had Pro Bowl, Russell O'Kung, Pro Bowl, potential Hall of Famer, Earl Thomas. Yeah. Pro Bowler, Golden Tate. Yeah. Uh, Did he draft Sherman? I'm not sure if he drafted Sherman yeah, or not. Yeah, that was uh, in 2000. That was the next year. So in, the, yeah. in, the, in this class, they still had fourth rounder, Walter Thurman, who was a beast. Fifth rounder, Cam Chancellor. And Wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> when I saw the first practice, I saw those guys on the field. I was like, holy shit. This is, this is a new oh, we're ready. caliber we're ready. of of athlete yeah. these days. Yeah. And uh I was I even told him I go, yo, this is this is gonna be the best class you ever draft. He goes, ah, we'll see. It's one of the first one. And then, you know, he followed it up the next year, like you said, Sherm, um KJ Wright, uh wow, yeah. Malcolm Smith, Super Bowl MVP. Like there's a couple yeah. others in there. Um, and then 12, he followed that up with uh, Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson back to back in, in second round, third round. Yeah. So, so I've learned, well. I, yeah, I've learned not to, you know, rush to judgment on, on any pick that comes from Seattle because you never know. And, uh, but I know they, like right now, they're in a situation where it's really best available. And that's what I feel like they, in their mind, hey, if this guy's here at, at this spot, I mean, that's who we're taking. Right. I, they they must have been, you know, excited because uh, Eskridge is 5'9", five, five, um, I mean, mm. 190. But, I mean, he can fly now. He's like a 4'3", something. Wow. But, it, it made sense, too, because uh, they lost David Moore, I think, and he was a he was one yeah. of those short guys. So. Oh, man. he That guy, if he gets more opportunities, he's pretty, he's pretty special. Um, yeah. But I, to answer your question, I'm, I'm confident where they're at and, and what they've done in the offseason with moves. Um, they really – we're not far off. Uh, unfortunate to to go out in the first round of the playoffs, right. but especially to, to your divisional opponent, right? But um, mm-hmm. but you know, I it's it, I, I'm pleased with what they're doing, and I think they'll I think they'll be fine for another another uh, title run. I was going to ask, kind of in terms of transitioning from this team and who who else coached this team with Pete Carroll and you kind of your relationship uh, with Pete Carroll over the years, you've kind of connected at almost every spot since college. Kind of how, how did that relationship grow and change through over the years? Um, you know, it was, it was interesting because, you know, always had me and Pete have always had mutual respect for each other. Right. The, the, the love, I don't know if that was always there in terms of mm. like, I kind of was forced to play. I was like the fourth string weak side linebacker at SC. Really? A lot of people don't, they don't, they don't realize this. They don't, they don't understand this. Oh no, I was, I was, a, I was the third string, the third string will. And I was the fourth string Mike. Wow. <laughs> when I got there. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't give a shit. I just, yo, know, just give me an opportunity, man. And you know, you'll be grateful. Right. <laughs> right. So, so injuries happen like they always do. Yeah. And there was, there was a graduation of injury to the middle linebacker spot. So now I found myself as the second string Mike and, but they were still trying to play me at, at will. I was now the third string will I moved up a spot and a, you know, or two on each side. Right. And so I went to them and I was like, yeah, like, look, I'm really a middle linebacker. I don't know what I'm doing out here at will. <laughs> like, I don't want to be running with these fucking receivers, man. Right. Like, <laughs> Let them know. And so, yeah, I was, I was just honest, man. Yeah. Like I said, Massachusetts, we're on. Just let them know. So, yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I let them know. I was like, just move me to Mike. It's going to be great. And uh, <laughs> I get over there and I win the job in the spring. Yeah. And, you know, they're kind of like, holy shit, how, you know, how did this guy win the job? You know, coming, I transferred in from University of Maine, you know, like they were, they were, they were probably pretty shocked. I wasn't, but I was like, hey, man, this is what I do. So, yeah. We, we, you know, I play those two years and I mean, every year they're bringing in another fucking five star 
blue chip, yeah. all American, yep. six right. three, two fifty, and I'm like five eleven and a half, two thirty. So right. I'm like, geez, this it's like I'm in the NFL already, right. trying to fight these guys <laughs> off to stay on to keep my job. But um, so you know, we went, we did a lot of winning, man. It was incredible to be part of that turnaround. Right. And uh, I mean, I'm telling you the the football knowledge that Pete kicks to to us as, as college as 18, 19 year old kids, mm-hmm. that alone is what prepared everybody, especially me anyways, for success at the NFL right away. Right. It was, wow. man, I'm talking just, I, it's like the lights went on. I was like, man, I thought I knew football before. Right. Gosh, this was insane. And so I'm talking from the film study, the technique, everything. It was incredible. And you know, so we had, we went 25 and one Insane. in 26 games. Insane. We, we thank you, Those sir. Teams we were stacked. That t- 2014, uh, right? Was yeah. Stacked. Yeah. We only lost, we only lost to a guy by the name of Aaron Rodgers in 2003. There he is. Yep. There he is. <laughs> in, in triple overtime, we lost to that guy. Did you feel pressure? No, I didn't. I never felt pressure. No one ever put, more pressure on me than I put on myself. Right. Um, uh, I I didn't care how good I had a, of a game. If I missed one tackle, if uh, I mean, I would come out of games. One of the best games I had um, in college. I think I had I had fourteen tackles. Wow. Two interceptions, wow. a forced fumble, but I missed. I missed a sack, and it mm. fucking ate at me all week. My coach, Nick Holt, was just peppering me in meetings. Yeah, just don't miss the easy sack. And no. Like, Fuck. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, I mean. After you had two interceptions, he said, oh, hey, don't forget about that sack. Yeah, don't miss the layup. You know, that's. <laughs> he was, that's crazy. Yeah. But I mean, but that's what pushes you to get better. You know, like, right. you know, that that feeling of never satisfied. Yeah. And, um, yep. and so, but when it came to the end of my junior year, I was like, yo. I'm not going to get any taller. I'm not going to get any faster. I'm not, you know, like another hundred tackles isn't going to wow the scouts or the teams into drafting me, right. you know, mm. in the first round. Um, I felt like I was ready for the NFL. And um, so I left against everybody's advice. You know, even some of my coaches are like, you don't know what you're doing. And I was like, ah, I think, I think I'll be all right. And, you know, obviously circumstances come into play too. I, I landed in a great opportunity with Seattle. Um, right. You know, it was a group of veterans. They were, they were right knocking on the door of greatness. And um, in terms of getting over, like just getting that playoff win, because I remember when we got that first playoff win my rookie year, there was a lot of guys that had been here. There was just like kind of they they just kind of got the monkey off the back. Like, you know, finally, finally we got we right. got over the hump. And then, you know, we kept going into the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, we didn't win the Super Bowl, but. You know, but just making, just, just making, making it, it there. there. It's like yeah. an accomplishment in and of itself. Like it was. Yeah, I mean, there, there was. <laughs> I, I'm over it. I, you know, it, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. This is good. Everything is yeah, fine. No. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, they're always running the. You know, the NFL networks. Like when the Super Bowl comes around. Yeah. It's like most controversial Super Bowls, and like we're always sitting there at number right. one, and I'm just like, come on, man. Yeah. Just stop playing this shit. Right. <laughs> but, right. But it's um. You know, it, the, the the journey is what it's all about, and not everybody wins. There's plenty of Hall of Famers that don't have a Super Bowl ring, right? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the only way you can justify it or you know make peace with it is saying, "Hey, there were some situations, some things out of my control." Yeah, you know, in that game, there were things beyond my control, so there was nothing that we could have done mm-hmm. uh, to to actually, you know, get what we wanted that day. It was just not meant to be, right? Uh, uh, decided by something else, somebody else. Well, not right. to get too philosophical on you, but do you believe that everything happens for a reason? I do. I do. But uh, I still don't know why that one happened. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> another 40 years, you're like, oh, that's what it was. Uh, I mean, hope, yeah, one day it'll come out. Well, I mean, the, I think the hardest part with that, with the whole thing, right. was when the, the officials came to visit us like five years later. And they're um, like, hey man, you remember that game? You're you like, remember that oh, game do back I? In 2005? Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I guess I guess we got it wrong. A no, times. did they oh, say that? Yeah. No. 
Yeah, they 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 gave they came out and gave us like a formal apology. Which okay, as a man, you know, it's like I respect you for being a big man and and you know putting that out there. Yeah, because they did. They said I, right. I wish there were some calls that you know at the time I saw them that way according to the rules and you know he, he did he gave us a full apology. But you know you know in the back of your mind you're just like you know shit man like right. So me and my boys. Don't have a ring because it's not like we got blown out. There were there was like ten or eleven oh, calls. Yep. Yeah. yeah, we yeah. lost twenty twenty one to ten or something. So yeah. it was it wasn't if we got blown out like like Kansas City got blown out. There was a lot of calls in that game, but the Kansas right. City got blown right. out. Like it's right. like so. There's no there's no fighting or arguing. It's like yo man, you, you we still had we were still in the game, and that's that's what makes it harder. Is that like shit, man? So you're telling me officiating did play a, a you know a role in that that's game. crazy and it's like you know it's one of those situations you're like you know I, I really wish you just went with saying hey i called it how i saw it and tough shit like <laughs> right right so, like almost like a yeah kind of like yeah man it did, if i didn't hear it it didn't happen kind of thing yeah, yeah man get over it like yeah <laughs> <laughs> but to say that they were, but, so, um, so so it doesn't make it any better that they came to you and they were like, "Hey, yeah, uh, yeah, we got that." Wrong. No, I thought I thought that made it worse to tell you the truth. Really, you know. Um, mm. but, but like I said, the one way you can make peace with it is that they, there ain't shit you could do about it. That it's like life. Yeah. If you can't, if there's nothing you could do about it, don't give energy or time or thought to it. That's yeah. And so, yep. and so I right. don't Har- uh, harping on the past is just it's toxic. Almost it can be. Hell yeah. Yep. But um, I'm just I'm just grateful we had a, a resilient bunch that uh, we went out next year and you know every you got the target on your back when you go to the Super Bowl or even go to the championship. One hundred percent. So we got everybody's best, you know, we got everybody's best shot, and we still made it to the divisional. And I mean, Robbie Gould kicked like a fifty-three yarder into the wind in Chicago, and that kept mm. us from the NFC Championship game. Or else, I feel like we go to the Super Bowl yep. again. Uh, so it's just, I mean, man, game of inches, right? Yeah. So it was, uh, it was wild. But we had, we had two or three good years to start my career, uh, or in terms of uh, playoff runs, and that's what it's all about, man. Yeah. That uh, the playoff runs. But so I'm sorry that was a long, you know, roundabout <laughs> to get back to to time with Pete, and then me and Pete. I think so. It was two years later, eight, nine, yeah, three years later, ten. Pete got the job up here. And, um, and I, I mean, like I said, so I was part of, part of a turnaround in, in SC with Pete. And I knew what was about to happen when he got up here, when we had, I think we had some kind of record, like 250 roster transaction in the first year. And we went seven and nine and it was something, something ridiculous. And, and yeah, it was almost, oh man, it was, yeah, it had to be 250. Because I think they were saying it, it worked out to like one and a quarter every day, every or what was that's it, or insane. almost seven point seven five every day. Wow! <laughs> that's right. Oh my god! Um, so it was, um, and so to your point about how big is chemistry? Well, you know, there was times I look over in the locker, and the guy next to me, it was like two different dudes each week. It's like, oh, wait, where did so and so go? Yeah, and how are you going to adjust and, to play with the new roster if you literally oh, just yeah. meeting these guys right there, now? There were guys going up, going down. You know, oh yep. no, we waved him. We brought this guy back. He's practice squad. I'm like, man, I don't know how they even kept it like together upstairs in terms of like the paperwork. Yeah, but <laughs> but it was wild, man. But um, but I mean, uh, you know, we went out and we got Marshawn Lynch, which was mm-hmm. arguably you know, the best free agent signing in the history of the Seahawks. Cause you, you saw what he did. Insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, it was, it was football. It was, it was fun again because I, we had just come off two losing seasons. And I mean, even though this was a losing season, I was seven to nine, we made it to the playoffs first losing team to make it to the playoffs. Right. <laughs> and this is just, this is just classic Pete. Right. Even, even when he, loses he wins so so we go seven and nine somehow we still get the playoff berth and then we win against the defending champion oh my um new orleans saints the saints that's the that was the beast mode that was yeah beast quake and so so i go say and and then we went and um you know we we played a, a tough chicago team um 
but um, who would right. eventually lose to Green Bay, I think. But if we would, ju- if we could have just taken care of business in Chicago, we would have had the NFC Championship game at, at eight and eight. We would have had the ten or no, we would have been like nine and eight at that. Finally, had a winning record. That's insane. Uh, <laughs> we would have had the the Green Bay Packers at our home field for the NFC Championship game. Wow. <laughs> unbelievable yeah. after 250 so, roster changes oh it was wild but that's that's what you 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 love and respect about pete is um i mean look at russell wilson a third round quarterback so yeah. when we when he when pete says the best man's gonna play pete's not bullshitting man like he had just he had just him and john just paid matt flynn a good amount of money to come over and be the man right right Russell Wilson came in and said, yo, I'm, I'm here to fucking play, man. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, oh, he won that job. The rest is history. Right. So, um, and I mean, that was an incredible defense that was built. Um, they were yeah. just the Legion of boom, the linebackers, the, the D line was stacked. That was probably the deepest the D line had been, um, in a long time, probably since Oh five. So, I mean, it was, yeah. it was incredible to watch. So you're grateful that the whole time, like you were able to keep your job when you were playing. Did you feel like there was somebody always coming for your neck or? No, I didn't care. I, I knew if I did what I had to do. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, I don't want to say I was grateful to keep my job. It was like in college. It felt like I was never the guy. Really? Like it, it really did. I mean, I don't, know, to me, it just, it felt like, you know, every year. Um, and I mean, that's you, you would t- you better approach it like that too, anyways, right. because because they didn't see me coming from you know University of Maine to take any job, right? right? So mm-hmm. you know it's it's that whole day, man. You you got to stay ready, mm-hmm. and uh, so but um yeah no but it was um it was it was crazy because after when I was done you know playing ball, um they wanted me to come back and coach, and I was like okay well I've heard from everybody like John called me. Uh, Cam Chancellor called me. KJ Wright called me. I was like, "Yo, you got, you got all my guys calling me." You know, Mo Kelly, player development guy, yep. EK, my boy, the equipment dude. They're all calling and texting me. I go, "Yo, tell Pete to call me." I go, "What is going on, man?" Like, and so, and so, and so, Pete hit me up, and he's like, "What's up, Lo?" I was like, "I don't know, man." I'm like, is this real? Like, what's going on? Yeah. He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Do you want to coach?" And I was like, "If this is real, okay, then yeah, like let's." You know, all I want, and I, I remember him t- telling him this. I was like, "Look, the only thing I'm missing from my career is a fucking Super Bowl ring." Yeah, I go, <laughs> and I want to get that. And so that was a conversation we had because that's that was the only reason for you know that I wanted to continue playing. You know, after mm-hmm. I got hurt a couple times, and I mean, especially when you reach that game. I mean, never mind winning a championship. Or, or two in college, that when that appetite for being a champion, yeah, when that mindset and that when you get the taste of what it's like to put the work in and and, and get that win that ring, there's nothing that can com- compare to that. And so, um, wow. And so that's you know when I went to coach and I went with the mindset like yo, fuck it, if this is how I got to get my ring, this is how I'm getting my ring. Right. <laughs> and we and we came close. We came close again, but. But it didn't work out, unfortunately. But um, but you know, I was back with uh, one of the loves of my life, football, the game of football. Mm-hmm. So, right. so I was grateful for that. So, so how far you just you mentioned loving the game and loving the sport? Do you think because there was there was some there was some stuff earlier in the NBA where there was a couple rookies, one in particular, who said. I don't, I don't watch basketball. He's like, I, I like the sport. I like to play it, but I don't love it. How important is that love for the game if you're on the top level? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't care how athletic that guy is. I know who you're talking about, too. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of his. For uh, sure. But the I don't care. for me, I'm just kind of like, ah. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, he's young, man. Give him a break. Okay. Give fair, him a break. fair, fair. Uh, <laughs> if, I don't care how athletic you are, how big, strong, fast you are. If you go up against a guy that loves it, yep. you're in for hell. I'm talking, really? you know, oh my God. Just because they, they'll they go to lengths, they'll put in the work that you won't do. And that, you know, and they're not talking about just football, but anything in life, yeah. 
the hardest worker, yeah. the hardest worker is the one that reaps the rewards. Yep. It's, Absolutely. you know, it's, um, I mean, even what is like, uh, one of my favorite, one of my favorite quotes plays right into what you're talking about, about talent is, um, Erica Jong. She said, everybody has talent. Mm-hmm. What's rare is the courage it takes to follow the talent to the dark places it will lead. Wow. So, and then we're talking about, yeah. So when you talk about someone that loves it, get ready for war, man. And I mean, and that's what, that's, that's to the level or the degree that, that I played with was like, I'm not the biggest, I'm not the strongest and I'm not the fastest, but I I am going to give you hell every time I I step on the field. You're going to remember like, Yo, 51's for real. Yeah. That's, that's Lofa was Lofa here. Was here. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. So Lofa, I, so I know we're running out of time, but I just want to ask one more question about that mindset. And that's when when injuries happen, mm-hmm. where where does your mind go? Because you fight so hard every day. You put the work in, you're grinding every day. And and I was never a professional athlete, but there was one time where I was I was running track and my leg just shattered. It just shattered like all the way through and it wasn't the physical pain that hurt. It was the mental, it's the emotional, it's the emotional, the mental and the emotional. You see everybody out there running and continuing to do the sport that you love. And it's just like, Uh, where do you go? And how important is that drive to keep you coming back to it? Well, that's, I mean, that's the, it's, it's really is. It's a fucking roller coaster, man. Like you, you hit, you hit it on the head in terms of like, um, you know, there's all the questions like, well, will, will I, will I ever play again? Yeah. Will I be the same? Can I at mm. least get to 90% of what I was yeah. like, they, all these factors come into play. And I mean, like I said, 10 surgeries, 15 plus concussions. I, I've wow. came back from, you know, probably 30 injuries Wow. in, Nuts. in, That's in, crazy. in six, seven years in the NFL. And, um, you know, every time, it it can either take a little bit of your soul and then your your you know emotional health away or it can make you a little stronger to a degree that you that you fought through it yeah and um you know i i think it's more you know of the latter that you you gained a little more perspective and you know a little more appreciation for for what you've just overcome Mm -hmm. because that's again i always go back to like we're saying you know even in life man shit happens yeah and you know it's how do you react so the mindset you know is just it's always to get better and um that's something i got from pete and his coaches that i'm you know grateful for is that every second of every day especially when i was coaching for him that i got to see the other side you know of of the game and it was a relentless pursuit of getting better yeah and that's why pete at fucking 68 69 or whatever he's like the second oldest coach him and bill uh that's why i, I guarantee you pete could do this for another eight ten years you know as long as there's no health uh concerns involved right if it's uh i guarantee he could do that he could do this like uh stay mentally sharp stay prepared and then you know continue to try because that's the thing even just coming off back-to-back super bowl appearances that's when i got in there they were like okay we're not going to change much, but we are going to rethink how we're approaching everything. Right. And, mm. you know, that's, I mean, that's impressive because a lot of people are like, Hey, well, it ain't broke. Don't fix it. <laughs> yeah. like, let's just, right. you know, like, right. let's just, let's just ride this wave yep. as long as we can. Yep. But, you know, uh, Pete's always just thinking like, Hey, how do we innovate? How do we get better at this? We were middle of the pack here. That's not good enough. I need to be top 10, top, top eight here. And so, I mean, I'm talking every statistical category broken down. There was no stone left unturned. And so that's what I got from, from um, Pete and his staff, not just in college, but in, in the NFL, especially coaching was, um, was, was the coolest part. And, um, and it all ties into, to mindset, man. Yeah. Like how, how great, how great do you want to be? Yeah. And uh, mm. a, I mean, shit, if I'm going to do something, I want to be, I want to be the fucking best, man. That's it's just that's 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 my mindset. Yep. And, that's real uh, shit. Yeah, and I mean that's shit. that's what's what it is, man. Why are you doing if if you don't want to be the best? Yep. Because life's too short, man. So you better do what you love, and you better go as hard as you fucking can. Absolutely right. It doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't yeah. matter what you do, because you could be you could literally be a, a, a retail worker. But if that's what you love, mm-hmm. you you put yeah. everything you have into that, and you be the best 
best retail worker you can possibly be. But see, and that goes back to what you were asking about the kid that said, oh, well, I don't love what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, well, eventually his attention is going to wander. I mean, it probably already has if he's saying stuff like that. Right. While your attention's wandering, someone else is out there getting better. And they're working, they're working on their weaknesses. And just like you're saying with the job retail, if you're in retail, if that's what you love, then it doesn't wear on you when you go do what you're doing, when you go to work, you know, I I don't believe that, that lie. Like, uh, if you love what you're doing, you don't work a day and you're fucking like, fuck that man. Football was hard work. (laughs) I love football. That shit was, that shit was hard, man. That shit was hard. Uh, So, but, um, but at the end of the day, was it? It was, even though I worked, we worked from like, what, 5 a.m., 6 a.m. until 5, you know, 12 hour days. It was way less draining than a nine to five yep. because yep. I loved what I was doing. Yep. So it was, it was work. It was definitely work, but it, uh, you know, like you said, when it's your passion, you're going to find yourself at the top. Um, if you just keep going. Absolutely. One final question though, before you go. And I, again, I really appreciate yep. you taking the time to be with us today. I mean, this has been, Oh, we'll do it again, man. No absolutely. What's up? So Hell that yeah. passion, has that translated into your new business? Oh, absolutely. Because my new business, first of all, um, for those that don't know, I have a health and wellness company, uh, around supplements that have impacted my life and forever changed my perspective. And just, man, my, my, gratefulness to be alive even yeah you know and Uh with all the injuries and all the trauma i went through mentally physically emotionally i have zone in cbd and you can learn more about it zone in cbd.com but it um man i started taking full spectrum oil which is cbd maybe five years ago now 2016 ish and um you know at the time i was overweight i was 280 pounds (laughs) Uh, so I was 50 pounds over my playing weight right now. I'm back down to 235. Wow. And I've, That's main- awesome. I've maintained this weight since 2017-ish. Um, and um, and yeah, I just, not just the physical um, aspect of it, you know, from all the surgeries, but the mental clarity, yep. which, you know, hence, hence zone in, um, that you receive from from the the plant, the hemp plant is really what's opened my eyes and just helped me become the best I've ever been mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, man. I'm just like, you know, I'm in the zone. Yeah. That's why we called it zone in. Right. And and a lot of athletes know what the zone is Um, in positive psychology. It means flow state where you were just totally immersed, totally immersed in the moment, AKA zoned in. And um, you know, it's, changing a lot of people's lives and uh, for the better. And I could not be more grateful for, for that. And so when you say, am I passionate about what I'm doing? Yes. <laughs> Extremely. Yeah. Um, yep. Like I said, it changed my life. And for three years before I started the company, uh, it'll be two in October. So three years prior to that, I was just buying qu- full, um, quality full spectrum oil and handing it out to people and watching them, you know, just do a 180 with, their health and wellness because so what cbd does it just positively responds to our receptors in our mind and body right and you know we have this endocannabinoid system that is comprised of cb1 and cb2 receptors and it's it helps transmit signals back and forth you know seamlessly effortlessly and Mm -hmm. um and you know on top of being an anti-inflammatory it's a neuroprotectant which means it's great for your brain um uh, powerful antioxidant and uh, there's just, there's a number of benefits, even from, like I said, with the surgeries, it's worked on my pain receptors to register pain differently. I feel like a kid again, really in terms of, wow. oh man, I'm playing basketball every day. Um, and the inflammation's down in my knees and my, and my ankle, it's not there anymore. My joints don't hurt. It's, but, but I could not be more grateful for though, what it's done mentally in yeah. terms of yep. the first from the first time I took it, it just started to, it will put you into homeostasis, which means um, balance within the cell. And so like, that's why we say, you know, when you're in the zone, you're not, you're not too high up. You're not too down, yeah. you know, not too low. You're just, I mean, you can't miss. And so yeah. everybody knows that feeling when they were, you know, they just had their, the greatest game of their life. <laughs> and uh, I mean, that's, that's why, you know, being, you know, founded by a bunch of, former pro athletes um we we went with that name and it's uh 
it's changing lives. And, you know, like I said, if I think this can finally maybe put me on my dad's level with, with, you know, off the field, yeah, doing, doing good and doing good in the world. Yeah. So the impact. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully I finally get to his level with this one because, um, the stories I get every day from people, um, about, man, I can't believe it. I took it. I took it for, you know, anxiousness slash anxiety. And there was a, someone just left a review on our page that said she's had this condition, um, where she had painful cysts and like, and she said it, she didn't realize it because she was so grateful that the anxiety had lessened. She didn't realize it, but the, the cysts are gone. Wow. And wow. She said she's had that wow. all her life. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, is, is an older, older woman. And so, I mean, it's just, when you see something like that, you know, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And, um, I think along those lines, like my dad, you know, the last conversations I ever had with him, he it was like, what's the meaning of life? And I was like, man, I don't know. And so, but I do now was that, you know, we're only here, fellas, we are here for a short amount of time. Yes. And yep. I mean, you know, my dad lived to 54 and I'm going to say, everyone says that's, that's, that's too young. Right. But shit, if I get 16 more years, I will be so grateful to God, our creator, whoever you want to pray to. Right. I mean, that's, that's a blessing, yeah. right? Every day is a yep. blessing. Preach. Yeah. Preach. So, yeah. So, um, we're only here for a short amount of time, do as much good as we can while we're mm. here. And, uh, and that's how, that's how we'll live forever is, um, in, in, in the memories and, and, and with uh with our loved ones mm. that's yeah, amazing yeah. yeah amen to that and i think just just the way just the way that you're taking care of like others and letting others take care of themselves yep, yep. yeah like that's huge like just like keep like keeping your own health like you we we all do things for others and we work for others and but we, we sometimes we just forget to to work on ourselves and we, we forget that if we're not healthy and if we're not at that right state, like you were talking about, then we can't continue to help, help others. Yeah. So. yeah yep. You're not it's as like, good. It's to, cyclical. If, if you could. Yeah. And that's where, man, I never realized it. You know, I always, I always have, and I always will, you know, put others first, but I have, you know, come to that place in time where I'm just, okay, what do I need? What do I need to be yeah. better yep. for others? Yep. And right. that's really what it came down to was this supplement it just went to work on me to, to, to the point where I, I knew how foods affected my mood. I knew how, you know, shitty alcohol affected me, how like wow. everything. I mean, it was a total 180 in terms of like even, and I mean, you know, I was a professional athlete once upon a time. So like, I know right from wrong in terms of what I should be eating, right. but I still, it didn't resonate like when I was eating it. Cause you, you know, creatures of habit, if you continually do that, but like the first time that I was taking this stuff and I was at a movie theater with my kids and I reached for some of their Sour Patch Kids. This is my favorite candy since I was a kid. <laughs> Sour Patch Kids. Right? Yeah. I mean, I could eat like a fucking pound bag of those things <laughs> back in the day. And I reached for a handful. I ate that shit. And the sugar just went to town on me and I just felt nauseous. Wow. Like uh, yeah. sick. And I was like, okay, what just happened? And, you know, it's because you know, all your receptors are heightened to respond and tell you, Hey man, that wasn't cool. Like what, right. <laughs> whatever you just did to us was not cool. Overlord, overload. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it's dude. I could, yeah, I could talk for hours on this and uh, you know, one day we will, if you want, but I, uh, I was about to ask absolutely. you like, so I, can I just go to your website and like look into this because you know, I, I'm still out there yeah. playing basketball and every day in, in, that that mind body connection yeah. is super important. Well, so yeah, and it's got a, it. So it's it's a, it's a it, it's soluble in your fat cells. So that's where and like so over time, it's cumulative effect, right? Yep. But and because I hate it when people are like ah, oh, I tried that, and you know, it's not an aspirin or a Tylenol, <laughs> and you know, like we're like okay, in thirty minutes, you're gonna be like, oh, oh I'm that good, work. Yeah, yeah right, that, right. Well, that's why that stuff's so bad for yep. you, is it? Because it works that quick, yep. uh, right? But um, so you know. Over, like I said, it was like two days. I noticed, I was like, I don't know. I'm just in, I'm just in the greatest mood I've ever been Wow! in terms of like, I can't be, yeah, just can't be phased. I remember like I was on the highway and someone was flipping me off. And normally 
I got the Massachusetts road rage, yeah, right? You can't help like, it. Yeah. You can't help it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yo, fuck this guy. Like, I'm going to pull, <laughs> pull over. Well, so, like, yeah, like, we're going to figure this out right now, bro. And, and so, you know, the guy did it. He pulled off in front of me and I just waved. I was like, whatever, man. Like, wow. You just and, let it go. Wow. And, like, yeah. I had to, like, really think about it because I was in the moment. I was zoned in. Like, mm. you couldn't affect. I don't give a shit what's what's going on, you know, right now in, in, in your life on this on this road right now, dude. My my main priority is to get to my point B safely. Yep. And yep. you know, right. but before, you know, you think about the times where you do have road rage and you're putting others at risk yep. because you're trying to cut this guy off. It's like, damn. Right. Man. And just for like I, a you know, futile interaction that's like just gonna make two people upset. Even more mad, yeah. right? Yeah, and cause the more harm. Yep. So it's like I said, when I say the perspective shift, yeah, I mean, it was incredible how it was, you know, eye-opening. And like I said, so from there, it just, I bought so much of it and I just started handing it out like to my mom, to my sister, to anybody that would listen to me or try it, you know, that was open-minded to, you know, getting better Absolutely. Um, in any right. facet of their yep. life. So it's, uh, it was eye-opening. I'm forever grateful. I owe my life to it. It, it it is my passion now and um and that's why i don't feel like i'm going to work when i do you know get on a podcast for it or i go do you know a radio interview for it. it's yeah i mean man i'm happy to talk about yeah. it. yeah thank Absolutely. you lofa for i mean sharing the word that comes to mind is literally like profound just profound things and and i, I just do really oh, yeah, appreciate man. you taking the time today sharing your experience, talking about all this stuff. I mean, from, from the, from playing sports to the mental side, to the best coaches, to parts of your career, to what you're doing now, you have my highest respect for using your platform 100%. to help other people. Oh man. I appreciate that, man. That's uh that means a lot to me, brother. Of course. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. I mean, for coming on our show today, I, I, I really, Shreyas, I'm, I'm, you know, I speak for both of us when, we really yeah. appreciate you taking the time. Just an amazing experience. A amazing person. Love talking to you. It was just a great time for me. Right on, fellas. Will you stay blessed? Absolutely. And uh, yeah, let's do it again. If sometime. you ever want to come back, our, our show is open. Absolutely. I, I definitely will, man. Keep going with it. Well, Lofa, thank you again. Look forward to talking to you soon and and, and be well. Hell yeah, fellas. Stay blessed. Thank you very much. Thank you. Max, Max you want to Yes. Ask oh, yes. You have been listening to another more professional episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast <laughs> by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas. And we will see you next time. Peace. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.